Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 565, recorded live on July 21st, 2018. And here are your hosts, the man who was in Chicago last weekend, Dave Pillay. Hi! And the man who is hanging out with other dads and dads-to-be, Andy Lowe. Hi. Aww. Yep. What did you do? Um, I, did I tell you about the, the, uh, daddy boot camp? I think is what it was called. Yes. That I took where it was a bunch of, uh, for the, they would bring the newborn, you know, the, the dads-to-be. They'd bring them in there. And then they would bring other dads in <laughs> with their kids. You, you and, got to do it again from the other end? Yes. Yes. I, uh, I volunteered my time to do it again the other end, the, you know. And Kate Aww. was like, I don't have to watch the kid for, you know, four plus hours. <laughs> like, yep. The problem was, is I think I, I, I don't know what happened to me, but afterwards I, I went downhill fast. Oh, no. So maybe it was something you picked up there. Might be something like that. Yeah, I started having a headache while I was there near the end, and then I threw up promptly when I got home. And then, so yeah, it was uh, it was nice, you know, to go out there and, you know, try and, you know, be like, okay, future dads, what are you worried about? Tell me all your fears, and I will try <laughs> and calm you down. I will, I will tell you that it's okay. Yes. What were, Here, what were some of people's fears? Um, you know, n- not really like feeling like they're a dad was a big one because, you know. What, what does dad feel like? Well, th- you know, they don't the, think the it's really real because. Dad. <clears throat> well, you know, the, the kid is not a tangible thing yet. Right. It is like Schrodinger's cat. The, the kid both exists and doesn't exist. Yeah. Where, you know, the, the mom can like feel the kid, the dad may or may not feel the kid right the the pregnancy for the dad is like helping the mom get through pregnancy yes it was like talking somebody brought up the analogy of you know being the the coach of an olympic person Mm -hmm. like you know you you spend you spend all the time you know working with them but you there's nothing you can do when it actually comes to it it's you know it's you 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 just gotta prep and hope your uh star person can get through it all all right so yeah, so that was my day. And then you went to Chicago, as we I went talked to about Chicago. on the previous episode. Yeah, I, I went to Pokemon Go Fest. So? It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, there's there's tons of reports out there. I can talk about it at length if, you, if you'd like. Um, Is I don't there know if any like. problems like last time? There were two problems that I was aware of which is that towards the end of the day, some of the water stations ran out of water. Oops. And the event was scheduled simultaneously with the Taste of Chicago. Oh, no. So all the food trucks were at Taste. Like, there were food. So to be clear, both problems that I had are actually, like, minor problems. Running out of water sounds really bad, but first off, it was at the end of the day that they ran out when there was, like, half an hour left and the help tables were giving out free bottles of water because they ran out. They were giving away water. So that wasn't actually a problem. Okay. Uh, the, the food truck problem 
there were seven food trucks, I think, somewhere around that number. There were less than 10 food trucks. And that, I kind of wish there had been more. There weren't a lot of options. I had to wait in line at the truck. I, granted, I waited until, like, the peak lunchtime, but there was an hour-long wait for food. Now, would you would have been able to leave the park and come back? Absolutely. No? In fact, we oh, did. Okay. Uh, shortly after the food trucks, we were like, that wasn't all that satisfying. Let's walk over to like Walgreens and get some cold drinks. And then, oh, look, there's a McDonald's across the street from the nearest Walgreens. And there's a Starbucks next door to the nearest Walgreens. Let's change plans and actually go to Starbucks and then McDonald's. And then, oh, look, there's two tier five raids down the street from this. Let's go do that. Oh, my God. There's 120 people also doing these raids. Yeah, it was it was fine. It was not a problem that we we left the park. There was no the the way they handled that. So like they learned a ton from last year. Well, I hope so cuz uh, last year there there were no lines to get into the park. So really? the check the check-in was in game. Oh, nice. You you spun a particular stop and then scanned a code from your your badge. And that opened up the functionality in the game. They also made the park a dead zone so that if you're not scanned in, if you're not part of the event, nothing would spawn there. That's a smart idea. <laughs> yeah. The whole event was um, it was staged around getting people to move. It was staged around spreading people out instead of collecting them in one place. It was a different park. Than it was last year, which is a much bigger park. They had cell towers, unlike what they had last year. Yeah, how uh, many how many cows did you see? Ooh. For those who don't know, cows are cellulars on wheels. Yeah, three, four. So, I'm, some of them were out of the way, right? Because they've got yeah. range; they don't need to be right there in the park. I think I saw four. Nice, maybe five. Um. Yeah, and and I actually asked a uh, I asked about that from last year because I I got a chance to chat with a few Niantic folk, um, and evidently after last year they sat down with AT and T and Verizon and slapped down a sheet of data and said this is what you promised us and this is what you delivered you're bringing stuff next year. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was really awesome. It was a great time. I got to see a lot of people. Uh, got to actually to see a lot of people that I knew. A huge number of people from Madison went down there because it's Chicago. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, uh, I got to experience uh, a, a website that I'll probably toss up for a future review called Spot Hero. Are you familiar? With, have you seen this yet? No. It's the Airbnb for parking spots. Really? So yeah. you can basically, somebody will give up their street spot and you can take it? Or if there's like a lot of valet parking in the area. Ah. And they, they know, like they'll just reserve some spots for this so that people can just come in. So that answers my question of did you take public transportation or did you drive? I just drove the whole way. Parking was 35 bucks. That's not for bad. For, for Chicago? Technically, overnight parking. I, I had 35 bucks, and it was in my name from 7.30 in the morning until 7.30 in the morning. Huh. 
Sorry, I, I opened up Google Maps to look at Chicago just to see where this park was. Yeah. And the Google Maps has the uh, um, the route for the Rock and Roll Half Marathon on it. <clears throat> oh, Which sure is enough. on tomorrow. Cool. That's, that's scary. cool. Google <laughs> A little knows scary, you. but also cool. So do you, do you then see where Lincoln Park is? Yeah. Cool. Also, today to starts... I probably should have. Um... Uh, yeah, oh, yesterday was the uh, race to Mackinac started. Ooh. Uh, I got nothing on that. Well, it's been, you know, it's an annual yacht race that's been held since 1898, so. Okay. They're still doing it. But wow, I can't believe they actually have the rock and roll half marathon route on here. That actually looks like that would be fun, granted. I'd have to go to Chicago for it. That's interesting because you just said the race to Mackinac and like now there's a little thing on Google Maps for race to Mackinac. Huh. That's interesting. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. Oh, and there's the rock and roll half marathon. Well, I can tell you if you if you wanted to go to that, there's good places to park. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I would I would have to get a hotel for that. Ah, well, there's. It's not like there's a lack of hotels in Chicago. Yes, but the cost of hotels in Chicago. Oh, well, then you don't stay in Chicago. No, I'd have to stay out of Chicago and then... Just drive in in the morning. What time does said marathon start, do you know? Probably around 7 a.m. Oh, God, why? Because they don't want to, you know, take down Chicago roads during peak travel times. They are Let's see, Chicago Half Marathon Rock and Roll Marathon Series. Race starts at 6.30 a.m. 6.30 a.m. So, yeah. So you'd have to leave at like 3.30 in the morning. If I wanted to drive there, yes. Which is why I would want to get a hotel. <laughs> we actually tried uh, one year for the Detroit marathon of staying not in Detroit and that was that was kind of annoying where where do we stay I think we stayed in I think we stayed in Southfield and we just took 10 down and yeah that was that was kind of annoying for that okay oh wow yes Oh, wow. Sorry, I just, Google Maps has already, has my confirmation for <laughs> the Detroit Marathon Hotel for next year already, you know, well, on there. Because you're logged in, aren't you? Yeah. Goddamn Google. I wonder if it has my stuff for uh, the trip down here. Just as a heads up, Andy. Yes. Uh, there will be no second Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving week this year. Okay. And we won't be able to record the podcast for like two weeks. Where are you going to be? Buenos Aires. That is an excellent reason. <laughs> uh, my parents are taking Laura and myself to Argentina. Well, have fun with that. God, that's... I plan that's- on it. That's going to be in November, so the weather should be nice down there, too. Yep. So that's kind of a thing. Okay, then. 
Uh, that reminds me, I need to ask Rebecca about if she's ever been there. Yeah, so that's uh, that's happening. All right. Uh, so anyway, GoFest was a lot of fun. The The food issue, as I mentioned, existed, but mostly took care of it. The parking was just fine. Like, literally... The day before the event, I managed to get a parking spot in that area for 35 bucks, so I was really not that upset. Um, yeah, it was good. It was a good time. I got a lot of regional rare-ish Pokemon, too. Not that you actually care about that. Nope, haven't gotten into the... Uh... I did find out, and, and this is something I need to, like, maybe I need to get onto Twitter about. There was a media group there, like... Not media group like Sinclair Media Group. Media group like there was a section of the park set aside for media. So there was some way to go there as media. Hmm. And as we were passing by, I was mentioning to to my friend who works at Niantic, going like, wait a minute, I didn't know about that. He's like, well, I mean, you can try. I'm like, dude, I have, I have a podcast that's been running for 10 years. We have 500 episodes. We have a, we're an actual LLC. We are. Yeah, we are an actual company. Are we an actual company? Yeah, we still are. I played okay. for the renewal. All right. I don't know what we've done. We haven't really done anything beyond that. I haven't created any sort of federal tax ID or anything of that nature because then uh, things start to, as soon as we get taxes involved, then things start going sideways. Yeah. Well, because we don't have any pay or income. Yep. And we also have more than one employee. Because there's the two of us. Yes. Yeah. So anyway. Yes. Anyway. So um, I can actually segue out of this to a topic. Really? Yes. Let's hear about it. Because Niantic has now acquired somebody else. <gasps> what? This is been this is the fourth company since November. Really? Yes. Who else has Niantic acquired? Uh, they acquired Evertune in November. Okay. They acquired <clears throat> Escher Reality, which is a mapping and computer vision specialist company. Wait, 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 wait. Did I know that one? Escher Reality, they're not the ones that did the really weird uh, I'm looking at the Escher one real quick because right. there was another shoot, 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 shoot which one was that? Uh, okay, it's a different one. Alright. Okay. Y'all. So yeah, so Escher was in February. Okay. Last month was Matrix Mill. Okay. Um, which they are trying to infer complete 3D information from... Um, Multiple you know, views. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I now... Mean, yeah. And they now... They have acquired Seismic Games, which is a VR and mobile developer. What has Seismic made? Seismic Games. Search. They made... Oh, they made Marvel Strike Force. Really? Yeah. This is the group that made Marvel Strike Force. Oh. And if you go to their website... The very first thing that pops up, literally a pop-up, that Seismic has joined the Niantic family. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. So one of these acquisitions, the Escher Reality acquisition, is like 100% part of what they've done with Pokemon Go. Because they've got the, the like AR Plus now. And so that's part of this. The other 
part, though, is all of this really, really leads to the other thing we reported on about Niantic, the thing that we um, we said, like, oh, that's interesting. And now the more that I think about it, maybe their main drive, the uh, they're selling their platform. Oh, so remember? other people. Yeah. Do you remember we, we talked about this? Yeah. That they were selling not the not the map data. It was not selling the map data. It was selling the AR platform so that other companies can make AR games. Well, it sounds like they're really uh, going for it now. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Four companies acquired in a year, less than a year. Yep. Since November, almost Mm -hmm. a year. Really? Almost a year? You're going to go from mid-July? Four months? It's two-thirds of a year. You really? You're going to round up that far? Well, what, would, what would you say for two-thirds of a year? I would say eight months. All right. So in eight months. So yeah, so Niantic's uh, doing a lot of stuff, but they probably have Pokemon Go money to deal with it. So <laughs> Yes, yes. We, we talked about that, right? Estimated yeah. two million? Mm-hmm. Of course... I, I also got to thinking about that while I was there um, because I was looking around and seeing things. So, like, at the event, they had character hosts. They had someone dressed up as Pikachu and Eevee, and you could, like, stand in line and meet Eevee and Pikachu. That's not Niantic, though. That's the Pokemon company. And it, it reminded me, like, this is a license. So of that $2 million a day, how much of it does Niantic get to keep? Because you also brought up Google takes a cut, Apple takes a cut. Yeah. Well, but so does the Pokemon company, so does Nintendo. So anyway, just an, an interesting thing to think about, right? They're still making a shit ton of money. Yeah. Even if someone's, even if they're making like, what, 40% of all of that, which they have to be making at least that much, that's that's still $800,000 a day. Mm-hmm. God damn. All right. So they purchase. Well, evidently they're making enough to purchase more companies. I wonder if they're a little worried about like. It, it's weird. I, I have such a skewed perspective on this because we, at, at my company, we make such a, a huge deal about like we never purchase any other company. That's not what we do. If we need a feature, if we need a product, we make it. We hire people and we create it and we support it. We do not purchase other things. And it's it's just such a skewed perspective because like the rest of the industry is I start up a company to make some really small thing really, really well and then wait to get bought by someone else. Yeah, I've seen that in our industry as well. There was uh, some software that we were using that, you know, the tech support is I call up the guy and the guy who actually wrote the software answers the phone. Yep. And, you know, I go, hey, can you do this? And he's like, oh. Not in this version, but hold on. And then, <laughs> you know, right, two weeks later, version. a new yeah, a new version comes out with my, you know, suggested update to it. It's like, oh, there we go. And now that company has been acquired by another company. Yeah. And the tech support is not as helpful anymore. But yeah, no, people always make the, that niche tool and it's like, oh, you know. We need this, and somebody goes and buys it. Someone could buy RaiderBot from me. No one's going to buy RaiderBot from me. 
It's too bad. Yeah, most of the stuff that I do, I just created in, you know, command line batch files. Because it's ubiquitous. Command line? With yeah, with when you have a Windows based server environment, command line is ubiquitous. Yeah, I suppose so. So speaking of games and tons of revenue. I was gonna say speaking of ubiquitous uh programming languages. Oh. We can go which way do, which way do you want to go? Let's go with with programming. Okay. By the way, your article is from The Economist. Yeah. So, paywall. Oh, I didn't get a paywall. I, I got a, like, you've seen three three articles now. Oh, because you've seen, okay. Never mind. Pay, soft paywall. You've reached your article limit. <sighs> Can't believe that's a thing. Yep. But yeah, no, so, um, yeah, the creator of python is uh stepping down yeah i mean oh well is that a yay or is that a bad thing i don't know he like i i have an issue with python okay Uh, other than the idea that you know it's it's white space sensitive and like that's a thing um, there are other languages that are white space sensitive that you, you, okay, sure. But with, with Python, Python two is when it got like really, really, really super popular, right? Yes. And then he went and made Python three and everyone's things worked for Python two. And now there's Python three. And so now there's these, like the language competes with itself, when you write in Python, do you write in Python 2 or Python 3? And, like, depending on when you learned it or what modules you need, you have to pick a different version. So I, that's my, my issue, my biggest issue with Python. But anyway, the creator's stepping down. Did he and say why? I think he's just getting old. Okay. He just wants to call it quits. Yeah. I didn't know he was still doing anything with it. Like, stepping down from what? Python development? Owning the language? So. Like, what was he doing? I don't know, because I can't read the article, because someone posted The Economist. Well? Well, I didn't know there was going to be a soft thing there, because I don't really read The Economist. I guess somebody in this podcast actually does. I Or I've just looked at a number of other articles. I, I wonder if, did, does incognito mode even work? If I just, like, jump into incognito mode, can I go there? Uh, uh, where did Python go? Future of Python, copy link. Try it here. Oh, cool, I can look at it in incognito mode, because soft paywall. Um, that's that's really funny. I'll have to remember that for next time. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a hell of an article about him. All right, I think this is just a celebration of his work, not a commentary on the language or anything. Yeah, I see that now because he also, but he stepped down, so you know it's. Yeah, there's a lot of Monty Python references in here. Well, yeah, because um, he called it Python, and the package repository was known as the Cheese Shop. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. Okay, uh, video games earning shit tons of money. Yep. Which, which direction has, are you... Okay, I was going to say, like, there's still, like, three directions to go with that. Yeah, but no, Fortnite 
has earned one billion from in-game purchases alone. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So they have earned a billion dollars for literally nothing actually physical. Well, I mean, that's we we've talked about that already. Yeah. Like, how much money does Pokemon Go make? <sighs> it's it's worse than there's nothing physical because there's also this issue of. There's a hidden cost to the video game industry, at least one hidden cost that we never really think about. We never really talk about. People have been thinking about it on the cryptocurrency industry, which is the cost of energy use. Yes. Not just the electricity, but just in general energy use, because, you know, in theory, there's a finite amount of energy and we, we like the more we use, the less we have. And yeah, we can use quote unquote renewable resources, but that's, there's still, and, and more than the energy is, but like also the heat generation. So all that energy has to go somewhere. But anyway, I'm, I'm bringing this up just as a like, I wonder how much energy was spent playing Fortnite. I don't know. How much heat was added to the world because of Fortnite? Probably a lot. Would it make a measurable difference? Probably not. I don't know. Okay, so... um, Let's see. Viewers watched about 700 million hours of Battle Royale content in May. Fortnite accounted for 83% of those 700 million hours. That's a lot of time. Yes. So if you think about, you know, okay, that amount of time, everybody's got a computer that's running. You know, computers are not... Very energy efficient, especially, you know, if somebody's got a gaming rig and all they're doing is watching, you know, <clears throat> somebody else play something on Twitch. I discovered a video, by the way, totally random off topic because that's what we do. Um, you'd mentioned watching things on Twitch and there's a person who, who not just a person, there's a number of people who use Twitch for other things and and so one of them does um she just plays music live on twitch and she's rather talented and she sat down at her keyboard with her other type of keyboard next to her so she could like chat and and type and so she sits down and says like start naming songs and i will play and i'm not going to stop until i decide to stop yeah yeah that one yeah did you see that no but i I heard about it or just hit it went on for a while an hour and a half and like holy crap it was amazing it has over a million views on youtube now it is actually for me it's like the perfect music because it's just like 10 to 20 seconds of each song and i annoy the hell out of other people when i listen to music because i listen for like 20 to 30 seconds and then i click next this is like music crack for me and it's all pop culture and and not even pop culture it's it's nerd culture stuff so like uh my neighbor totoro a lot of legend of zelda power rangers stranger things tetris some other stuff in there uh jurassic park despacito gangnam style some meme stuff there's like the troll lol song Anyway, I thought I'd, I'd just bring that one up because you had talked about watching things on Twitch, and that's where my brain went. Your brain went to watching stuff on Twitch. Well, it actually went to watching stuff on YouTube that had been shown on Twitch. 
Mm. I'll post that as a link. Sure, why not? If I can find my page again. There we go. Okay. Uh, video Dave was talking about. Cool. What else? Well, where do you want to go from here? Oh, man, there's there's places we can go. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the places you can... What's, oh, shoot, what's the name of that book? The Places You Will Go. Ah, there we go. It's not where you can go, it's where you will go. I think. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Oh, The Places You'll Go. There it is. Cool. Oh, The Places You Will Go. Uh, Eve, I swear to God, we need a friend who plays Eve... Just so they can come on and explain this shit to us. There is preparations for war, sir. What may be the largest war yet in EVE Online. Arm your spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm just waiting for, like, the war in... So evidently this is now... They've, they've reached, like, the World War One stage of warfare. Where it's... People are getting pulled into it because of alliances and because of deals and because of like it's it's growing because one faction attacked another and so another jumped in to defend them and another jumped in to defend the first and I'm waiting for them to get to like the economic warfare part or is that just built into the game? I don't know. God, this is. Yes, this was a. Uh, this station was acquired cheaply and was located outside their primary defensive area. This mitigates the loss of the structure at least slightly, and it's not like a major strategic blow to their overall war effort. What the hell is going on in this game? There's stuff. Stuff is going on, Andy. It's Eve Online. I don't know how to say anything more than that. War were declared. It's just oh. I love this fact here, though. Alongside the Keepstar, dozens of super capital vessels, as well as hundreds, if not thousands, of smaller ships were destroyed during the conflict, which was interrupted when the server infrastructure supporting the nearly 5,000-player duel buckled and crashed. That's a thing you don't see normally with war. Yep. Good lord. So, yeah, there's there's already been combat... (laughs) But <laughs> once the game servers came back online, some of the engaged players logged back into the game, resulting in at least one additional Titan kill before the game's scheduled daily downtime brought the servers offline again, ending the battle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, 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 what was it? Was that a World War I story where they, uh, they, the, the two sides basically took Christmas off? Yep. The, the, like, Christmas treaty or something. Yeah. It wasn't really a treaty, a Christmas armistice. Yeah. Uh, British soldiers and German soldiers like even played sports Soccer. together. Yeah. God, this is ridiculous. It's hilarious because I am not part of this. Yeah, if you were, you might not find it quite so hilarious. No. Which, in turn, I would find fucking hilarious. Is your boss still playing Eve? Uh, I'll have to ask him. I th- he should be coming, I think, at the end of this month. How often do you get to talk to him? I normally, my thought process is I try and leave him alone as much as possible. Okay. Well, you know, because we have, what, 70 some odd stations, right? Mm-hmm. Across dozens of markets. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, I don't want to bug him unless it's absolutely necessary. 
because I know he's probably got bigger fish to fry. So normally our conversations have been pretty uh, terse recently. It's just like, okay, you know, I tried this out. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to, you know, keep doing this? You know, I, I, I basically did a proof of concept for him for using some of the stuff there because we had time. So beyond that, it was just like, oh, hey, this is how it worked. And he's like, okay, sweet. Thinking about showing up this week. And I'm like, okay, sweet. And that was the, that was the entire conversation. All right. Well then. Yeah. So, yeah, make sure you ask him about Eve. Will do. Because that's there's just stuff. All right, uh, recycling lithium ion. What? Yeah. So recycling lithium ion is still very not easily done. Yeah. Which is it's not really done at all. Yeah. And you know the the even just you know the the little tiny like lithium ion batteries for your cell phones and laptops you know aren't really you know it's not really any clear system to set up for recycling those. The the problem now is the fact that you know everybody wants to use you know zero emission vehicles right yeah california wants five million zero emission vehicles on california's roads by 2030 okay where it's like okay well i'd rather have like one zero emission vehicle but no that's a different okay anyway yeah so it's one of those things where it's like okay well what are you going to do about the lithium-ion batteries in these electronic vehicles because currently less than three percent of lithium-ion batteries around the world are actually recycled it's like, okay, so these, you're going to have a whole bunch of cars out there with a whole bunch of lithium ion batteries. What do you do when the batteries aren't good anymore? Because lithium ion batteries only have, you know, an X amount of, you know, charge cycles. Yep. So, um, since they're not really recyclable at the moment, people just, you know, keep making new lithium ion batteries. And one of the things you need for a lithium ion battery is cobalt. Yes. I know this because of Factorio. Factorio. <laughs> You know how hard it was to get to the lithium-ion battery stage because of goddamn cobalt? Do you know what it takes to process cobalt? Uh, Mining nickel and copper? In in any case, I I can sympathize with this now on a a slightly different degree because I understand how difficult this shit can be to get out. Well, uh, currently, more than half the world's supply of cobalt comes from the Congo. Oh, that's... Not a, a very stable place right now. No, not a stable place. Not to, not not good all around. No. So this. Uh, so he's this prof- yeah. So there's the problem. What's the solution? Well, he's actually found a way of basically taking the um, the process of creating the um, what is it? Is it the catalyst? No, cathode. Use the cobalt to create the cathodes for the lithium-ion batteries. Um, he found a way of basically taking the process of creating the, the cobalt cathode and uh, basically reusing the used-up cathode and creating new ones. And the, um, the new cathode's been able to maintain the same charging time, storage capacity, and battery lifetime as the originals did. Hmm. So it's a similar process of you know the original manufacturing of it. And he's able to take the old stuff and basically make it good as new. So it's a it's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, if you know, if you can actually scale this up to a commercial level, you could. This would be drastic. really cool. Yeah. The question is, is it scalable? That's what he's going to be working on now. <laughs> like, well, that's the rest of my research forevermore. Yeah. Yes. Right now, he's he you know is able to do it in a lab. He just you know 
Yeah, right now the particles have to be picked out manually from the old conked out battery. Yeah. So yeah, no, he's a uh, he's figured it out. He just needs to, you know, s- scale. Hmm. Well, he's figured it out. We first thing is, can it scale? And then and if, if it, it can, can scale, scale, you know, yeah. How do you how do you do that? Yeah, but at least it's possible. So cool. That's what that it was. It was a neat thing. It was like, oh, that's a neat little piece of news. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, since somebody has a giant lithium-ion battery in their car. I don't know what you're talking about. It's under the rear seat. Do you... Is there any, like, indicator of how your battery is doing or not? Um, in, in the grander scale of how the battery is doing? No, absolutely not. In the small scale of, like... Is is the battery charged? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, is there, like, a counter for your battery for, you know, because, you know, like I said, for its, lithium its estimated lifetime? Yeah. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. There is not. Okay. Unfortunate. But there is not. All right. Um, what else we got here? Um couple of banning news well hang on i'm now i'm now you got me really super curious uh prius battery lifetime what is the battery life on this thing warranted for 10 years or 150,000 miles eight years or 100,000 miles in other states no pro rating will be replaced if necessary during the warranty period Uh, it looks like it's supposed to have a 10-year lifespan at least. Yes. But they don't really tell you much more than that. If a battery pack in your Toyota Prius dies before the end of its 150 or 100,000 mile warranty, depending on your thing, Toyota I, will put I'm looking at the same page you are. According okay. to this, it's not a lithium ion, though. It's a nickel metal. It, really? Yeah. I bet you the older versions are nickel metal. The newer ones have to be lithium ion. That's... Do they? Gotta be a lithium ion in there. Why? Because that's it would. That's what makes sense. Uh, well, the the problem with lithium ion batteries, Andy, is what there are two big problems with lithium ion batteries. Go ahead. Let's the see if the, the effect that one um they could uh blow up. Yep, that's one. The other is just the scarcity of lithium. Yep. So no, until two thousand sixteen. They weren't even, like, thinking about lithium-ion. And then in 2016, they announced that they they are working on it. So the all-electric models might be lithium-ion. Yeah, 2015 Toyota Prius will use lithium-ion batteries. Yeah. So, yeah, 1999 to 2014. And I have been, yeah, nickel-metal hydride. 12, I think, or 2013. So I have a nickel battery in my car. Huh. Huh? Well, that's, that's, that was, I thought they were using lithium ion earlier, but I guess not. But yeah, so now Priuses have lithium ion, but yeah, back then, not so much. Yep. Hmm. Wow. The co- unit cost of Toyota Prius battery pack is between $2,300 and $2,600. That's actually not that bad. No. Like, I would have expected it to be much higher. That was about the 
was that around the cost of when I rebuilt the trans, got the rebuilt transmission on the Explorer? I have no idea. I think it was around that cost. I could not even begin to guess. I'd have to look that up, but yeah, no. That was, that was the thing. It was like, okay, I don't know. The car's, you know, great shape, but it's got 200,000 miles. So things, you know, just reach things, end of life. Yeah, things just kind of fall apart. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's cars, right? Yep. Okay. And... Uh, so Germany is uh, banning certain types of pre-orders. Really? Yes. Huh. How's that work? Uh, they have banned retailers from offering pure pre-orders for products without a solid release date. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really funny. So, yeah, if you uh, if you pre-order something, there must be a release date. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's what's to stop a company from just saying, "Here's our release date," and then pushing it back? I don't know. I'd actually have to. Uh, Look at the uh, webs. Yeah, the oh, this is this is in German. Yes, Google, please translate. That's yeah. It, I don't know. I'd have to actually look at the law, which would be in German. Yes, again. Yeah, probably not something you're you're like. I don't think you're fluent in German. No, just just checking that. I know zero German. Zero German. Zero German. Well, I okay, think that's so also that's probably, false. Yeah, that is that is false. Yet, no, that's that's, that's Russian. <laughs> nine, nine is the, yeah, there. You go. That's a little better. <laughs> Do I know any German? Yet, yet. Uh, try again. Oh, so this isn't on our list, but the uh, FCC has opened up the uh, comments for the T-Mobile Sprint merger. I still don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, I really don't know. On the one hand, like, can they compete with AT&T? I don't know. I don't know if they can, if they even merge. I, I don't know either. But yeah, no, so the uh, the formal comment period has opened mm-hmm. um, until August 27th. And then they have the... Uh, rebuttal phase basically where people can look at the comments and respond to the comments that's open until september 17th and they'll rule sometime in october yeah well i mean they're already ruling well they aren't ruling are they ruling on it the sinclair media merger uh no so what's going on with that yeah everybody thought that the sinclair tribune broadcast merger was gonna just fly through because sinclair broadcasting group owns aji pie yeah, and is a highly conservative group. Yeah. Um, but they uh, the basically said, uh, we don't like um, how the merger is going, so they have decided to basically put it the merger in front of an administrative law judge. And most of the time when this happens, mergers usually don't survive this legal process. So the, the problem was the fact that Sinclair had to divest some of the stations in order to stay under these current station ownership limits. That's saying that you, can, you can't, you know, own more than X amount of stations in a market. Um, but Ajit Bai said that uh, Sinclair's proposal to divest certain stations would allow Sinclair to control these stations in practice, even, not, even if not in name, in violation of the law. When the FCC confronts disputed issues like these, the Communication Act does not allow it to approve a transaction. Instead, the law requires the FCC to designate the transaction for a hearing in order to get to the bottom of those disputed issues. 
Mm. So he announced this. The, the actual vote didn't happen. Sinclair said that it would revise its station divestiture, divestiture plan. Yeah. In order to not get in front of the judge. But uh, that didn't happen. And the unanimous vote to refer the merger to a judge was finalized on Wednesday. Okay. So now we, it's all in the hands of a judge. Yes. Yay. <sighs> but like I said. It's so gross right now. This, this, you know, most mergers don't survive going in front of a judge. Yep. So, but yes, no, they, the FCC could have denied the merger outright, which it didn't do. But it but, did refer it. Yes, it did yep. refer it to the judge. So it's not, you know, they did not put their stamp of approval on this at all. Right. Um, there was something else I was just thinking and was going to say, and another topic that we don't have. That's right. Uh, this is like hot off the presses. The the uh, James Gunn, the director. Oh yeah, from... he got uh he got kicked out of Guardians Three. Yeah, the director of Guardians One and Two got like removed from Disney. He is now in unperson from Disney, and it's because of tweets he made years ago before he was involved with Disney. Tons of other like. Marvel folk are coming out to uh, give him like backing and say like this isn't who he is anymore. This was a long time ago. He's a very different person now. Yeah, that's a uh, oof. I don't you know I don't know how I f- you know he was a great guy, but you you look at those old tweets and you're like, mm. how old was he when he made the tweets? Because he's not like an old guy. No. How long oh, ago see, was April this? 2009. So nine 2009. years ago. Yeah. Uh, and he was born in, oh, he was born in 66. He's, he's older than, so he was 43 when he wrote that stuff. Yeah. You don't get to claim, like, youthful indulgence. I, I don't know. The, the real part of it is just that Disney has very strict guidelines on what is Disney and yes. and representing Disney. Like, this is why we see all the actors from Marvel going to children's hospitals in their costume. That's like they are contractually obligated to do that sort of thing. So I don't know. Yeah, no, that uh, did not. Uh, t- yeah, Disney Disney sees that and goes, this will not fly. And since it's Disney, it will not fly. Yep. All right. Uh, what else? What else we got here? Um, do, do we have time to talk about Google's $5 billion EU fine? Google I feel like a that's a big... $5 billion EU fine. Yes, Google is getting fined $5 billion by the EU. Yep. I mean, that's that's what we have as far as talking about it, like... They, they, yeah. The EU is claiming that Google has been taking advantage of Android to impose its own services, Google Search, Chrome, and the Play Store, upon consumers and the device makers. Fair. <laughs> yeah. They, they did. Yes. Yep. Google requires device makers to include Search and Chrome in order to have access to the Play Store and other Google app services, which I was reading an article. I got to find it on here. It was Somebody talking about the the history of Android, how, you know, Android, when it first started, was all open source. 
And yet, you know, as the market share has just been growing and growing and growing, Google has been basically dropping the open source stuff for more of their officially, you know, licensed Google Calendar versus, you know, open source calendar. And, you know, in order to actually, you know, play with Android, you kind of have to kiss the ring. That's my favorite line of there. And say, oh, yeah, no, if I'm going to build an Android thing here, you know. Yeah, has to include all the Google utilities. Yes, and if I don't, then, you know, I don't get the official, you know, blessing from Google. And then you get things like uh, Amazon Fires, which, you know, there's there are certain manufacturers that actually, you know, cannot build anything other than the officially licensed Google device. And it, it so Google article. has this. Yeah. So Google gives this five billion dollar fine, which given the numbers that we've thrown around on this episode and on, on the show in general, like, oh, no, five billion dollars for Google. Like, what's the consequence? Well, are, are they being required to change things or is there just yes. a fine? Google has 90 days to comply with the European Commission, which would mean paying the $5 billion fine, and stop forcing manufacturers to pre-install Chrome and Google Search in order to offer the Google Play Store, and stop preventing phone makers from using forked versions of Android. Okay. So, yeah, there's a fine, but the fine is not the real big news. The real big news is the whole kissing of the ring. Yeah. Which will definitely change how Android works. Maybe. Which... Google said, maybe I'll be, you know, because of this decision, Android might not remain free anymore. Oh, that that is the sizable difference. That is the yes. the meaningful change. That would be huge. Yes. Yes, it would be huge. That's no good. Yeah. Google CEO says that, you know, if Google is prevented from bundling its own apps into Android, that will upset the Android ecosystem. So far, the Android business model has meant that we won't haven't had to change phone makers for our technology. Mm, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I'm not convinced one way or the other. Uh, all right. How are we doing on time? We should probably hit the randoms. I believe it is your review, sir. Ah, yes, my review. Uh, I am reviewing, I, I thought I had reviewed this earlier, but I have not, at least not according to our list. Mm-hmm. I want to review Harbor Freight. The hardware store. Yes. You want to review a hardware store. In case people don't know about it, especially since you can order the stuff online. A hardware store. Yes, said the man who reviewed mods to Factorio last week. Says the man who reviews every Hearthstone expansion ever. I have stopped those. Because they haven't released any. Yes, they have, actually. What? Uh, Into the Woods, they've got Boombots coming out here. We did review Into the Woods. What? We did review Into the Woods. We we talked about the single-player thing, the, the campaign. That wasn't my review, I do not believe so. Okay. Hold on, I'm going to grab the list right now. Let's see what we got. Why do we have so many extra columns or rows on this thing? I don't know, you're the one who did it. No, I didn't add all those extra rows at the bottom. No, I mean, you made the the page in the first place. 
Yeah, I know, but I, I just didn't. I just keep adding things to it. Yeah, I don't see it on the list here. All right, all right, all right. So anyway, Harbor Freight is a store. Yes. Tell me about Harbor Freight. Well, um, and they're cheap recently, stuff. I, yes, it is very cheap, which is nice in case you need something for basically a one-time use. Yeah. That is that is what it's for. Yes. Um, I needed... What did I need? I needed uh, a magnetic uh, angle measurer. Magnetic? exactly what it was called. Angle measurer. So I could, you know, take the uh, uh, dial gauge angle finder. Okay. Which, you know, I was looking at, you know, places like Lowe's and everything else like that, and it was, you know, $15, $20 for this thing. Uh-huh. Harbor Freight had one for five. Okay. I uh, Yeah. They have so one for five. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a nice little, you know. Okay, you need this tool for whatever you 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 build. You're you're a maker. Yes, ish. Yes, yes, ish. Yes, ish. I've I've made things. I've even three D printed things. So yes, yeah. what what about so hardware? It's it's you know if you want to you know try something out, you don't have to spend you know if, if you need a welder. You know, normally welders are at least fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, Harbor Freight's got one for you know nine hundred. It's not going to be a great welder. You know, it's definitely not going to be a great welder. Like I'd be very concerned about that welder. Heck, heck, there are ones cheaper. It's you know six hundred dollars. There's a Mig two forty volt one for two hundred. It's it's a place where you know if you want to try something out and you don't you know you need a you need a tool cheap. Now, this is the, the place to go, and it's online as well, so you can get it, you know, delivered to you. Yeah, but, like, I'd be worried about the 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 um, welder, just because, like, I know the quality of the stuff. Yes, it is. It is Chinese manufactured. Yeah, it's not great stuff. But if you only need it for one or two things, should be okay. Like, I've got a, uh, what was it, a cordless power screwdriver... Uh, how much did I pay for that one? $10, right? 4.8 volt quarter inch cordless screwdriver kit. Picked it up at Harbor Freight for $10. We grabbed the uh, another, basically it looked exactly the same, you know, had the same thing there. We picked it up Menards for 20 Same exact thing. Mm. So, you know, if if you need something, you can probably get it for pretty cheap. And oh my God, they have coupons all the time. Harbor Freight? Yes. Yep. I'm literally staring at a 20% off coupon right now in front of me. No, literally it's not came bad. in came in the mail today. Cool. So yeah, so if you're looking at becoming a maker and you you know, you don't want to drop a whole bunch of money right away on things and you need a, you know, you need a a whole saw of, you know, but you're not really, you know, you don't really know if you'd really need a whole saw, but you you know, That's, you, you get what I'm saying there? Yeah, I mean, I I did do that. Actually, I, I purchased a whole saw from Harbor Freight. Now, it's, a, it's a nice, you know, just so people have the idea, especially, you know, with places like Sears disappearing. It's like, okay, my options for tools are Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, and Harbor Freight. Yeah. And most of the time, it's, you know, Harbor Freight's pretty, uh, 
pretty, pretty cheap. Cheap, good, useful ish. Okay. If you need a one time tool and you don't worry about it, you don't, you know, care about it breaking afterwards, then use Harbor Freight. Yes. That's what I've got. All right. Well, thank you for that. Just want to make sure everybody knows about it. I'm sitting here actually with a uh, my my old prototype fan that I used to use. <sighs> All right. Cool. Anything else then? Oh, the random topic. Yes. Well, of course. Yes. Oh. It, it, it'll be a short one. Yes. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. Will you sell me a license for my pet fish, Eric? I am not uh, authorized by the state to sell licenses for fish. You would have to talk to the DNR. So, no. It would be a crime for me to do so. Well, are you allowed to create a license for something? Or do you have to, you know... I mean, have an unofficial you need to license. be, well, you need to be recognized to... As a licensor? So like, right, right. So, like, a license means nothing unless you have the, the mandate and the acceptance, right? I could go around and start giving licenses to schools and saying they are Palais certified. No one can stop me from doing that. But if no one believes that Palais certification means anything, then it's worthless, now, what I can't do is go around and start saying, like, oh, yeah, no, this this licensing counts as this other thing. So, like, you are a licensed thing by me. Because, yeah, there's a lot of things there that I, you know, I have to deal with music licensing and software licensing and all this other stuff all the time. Which, you know, doesn't really mean much except to the company that's handing out the license. Yeah. Yes, I will gladly sell you a license. It won't do anything. Well, but then, you know, is that fraud? I don't know. It depends on if we... I'm, I'm just going to go with no. I, I cannot sell you a license for your fish. I'm not ready and prepared to handle the legal ramifications of selling you a license. Also, you never said what the license is for. That's Yeah, that's also true. And and so, like, I, I can't sell you a license for your fish to kill people. For a fish. His name is James Pond. No? No comment. Nothing. You're just going to leave that one sitting there. I was trying to think of a better pun, and I couldn't off the top of my head. I don't know. It's too fishy. Andy, I think it's about time for us to finish this. Well, that's the episode. Hook, line, and sinker. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.